The Productive Woman, Episode 163. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast dedicated to productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. As always, thank you for joining me. In this episode, we're going to follow up a little bit on some of the things we talked about last week in episode 162 about the choices we make and how they affect our life. This time we're talking about clutter and its impact on our productivity. You'll find more information and links to some resources that I talk about all in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 163. This episode is brought to you by SaneBox. Now, SaneBox, as I've, I've talked about in some previous episodes, is this great tool for helping you get a handle on your email inbox. I don't know about you, but I get a ton of email, uh, both for my day job as a lawyer and in my personal life and related to the productive woman. And I, I love getting email from listeners. I always have time to read those emails and I try to respond to them as quickly as I can. But I get a lot of other emails um, that are not so important to me and my email inbox can get pretty full pretty fast. And and that's what I love about SaneBox. It's why I signed up for it long before they became a sponsor of the podcast. SaneBox simply learns how to filter out the unimportant email out of your inbox and put it into folders like the Sane Later folder or the Sane News folder um, so you can deal with it later on your own schedule. It puts it into these folders so that what's left in your inbox is only the important emails. What's cool about it is that it can learn the difference. It, uh, I don't honestly know how it works. I just know that I get hundreds of emails and only the most important ones end up in my inbox where I can see them and deal with them. The others are put away. Um, and if, if one happens to get in the wrong inbox, say something comes into the inbox that's not so important, I can drag it into the Sane Later folder and SaneBox then learns, okay, those kind of emails don't need to go into the inbox, they can go over here, and vice versa. A tool that I really like is the Sane Black Hole. This is when, you know, if you get the spam email that you don't want to see, that just clutters up your email inbox, and anytime you sign up for anything, you somehow get on these lists where people start spamming you. You just drag those emails into the same black hole folder and you're never going to see the emails from that sender again. They simply go into the trash without you ever having to look at them. It's a great tool. There are lots of other things that it can do. You can snooze emails to come back to you later. You can set reminders, all sorts of things. It, it really helps make email way less overwhelming, helps you get more done with less distraction. So SaneBox is offering a, a really great deal for the Productive Woman listeners. They offer a 14-day free trial um, so you can try it out and see if it works for you. And you do that simply by going to sanebox.com slash TPW. And if you sign up for the free trial through that link, and then you decide to subscribe after that, you will automatically have a $20 credit applied to your account on top of the 14-day free trial. 
No coupon code needed. It's just very simple. You just use that link. I'll put it in the show notes so you can just go there when you're at your computer and click on it and sign up. Um, I, I encourage you to give it a try and see if it can help you get on top of your email as well. Uh, it certainly has been a huge help for me. Okay, so let's get on to the topic for this week, which kind of follows along with our sponsor, Box and the email clutter that we deal with. Uh, my husband and I have been married for over 38 years, and we've raised five kids together. So we have a lot of stuff. Um, we, we have not just our, um, you know, our own stuff. We have mementos from our kids' childhood. We have things related to our hobbies and our interests. So we have a lot of stuff. Um, and like most of you, I have more than one role to fill in life. I'm a wife, a mom, a grandmother, a lawyer, a podcaster, a writer, a citizen, a friend, and a woman with various personal interests. And I'm also a tech geek who spends a lot of time online or working with digital tools. So I also have a lot on my mind. Um, so a lot of stuff, a lot on my mind and managing the physical and mental stuff that fills my life. Uh, I have to confess it's just an ongoing project for me and from conversations I've had with other women and things I've seen in the productive woman community, Facebook group and emails I get, I know I'm not alone in this, that sometimes it can just be, Oh, overwhelming, all the stuff we have to deal with, both physical and mental. And so these sorts of things and following up on what, what we talked about last week have really been, uh, had me thinking about clutter, about, you know, having lots of stuff and how it impacts my productivity, my ability, not just to get the things done that I want to get done, but also my ability to make a life that matters as I define it. And I'm guessing, well, I know that for a lot of you, you're thinking about those things too. So I wanted to talk about it a little bit this episode. Um, I thought it was a good time because we're kind of going into the end of the year and I start thinking about um, things like that that, and how I'm, how I'm going to sort of get a handle on certain things and make 2018 even better than 2017 has been. So clutter, um, it comes in a lot of forms. And I'm going to be talking on and off during this episode about the two broad categories, physical clutter and mental clutter. And so physical clutter to me is just the, the too much stuff. And, um, you know, when I was researching this, um, I, you know, that's the lawyer in me, I guess. And the writer in me wants to know, wants to have some backup for just the sense that I have that there are, that a lot of us are struggling with these sorts of things. Um, I, it, it, one of the articles I read on the becoming minimalist website, and I'm going to talk about minimalism a little bit later on, but, um, quoted a bunch of statistics, one from the LA times, um, saying that there there are in the average American home there there are three hundred thousand items. Um, that's a lot of stuff. Um, NPR is quoted in this article as saying the average size of the American home has nearly tripled 
over the past 50 years. Um, this article was focusing on things going on in the United States. I'm, I'm guessing there are some similarities in some other parts of the world as well. And I'd love to hear what your experience is in your country if you're not from the United States. Um, so our homes in the United States have gotten bigger over the past 50 years. And yet the New York Times magazine says that one out of every 10 Americans rents off-site storage. It's a huge growing uh, market within the United States. Anywhere you go, you see these storage places where people can take their stuff that, that doesn't fit in their home or, you know, that they, and, and store, pay money to store this stuff. And I, you know, I've done it temporarily. When we first moved back to Texas, we couldn't uh, move into our house that we'd bought right away. So we had to stay in a motel. So when our furniture and stuff came, we put it into one of these storage units for a month. But then we got it all out of there. But there are people who pay full time for storage things. And I'm not, I'm not criticizing that. I just find it interesting that we pay money to store things that clearly we're not using on a regular basis because we've got it, you know, away from our home and put away somewhere. Um one of the articles, the U.S. Department of Energy is quoted as saying, um, while 25% of people in the United States uh, with two-car garages don't have room to park their cars inside them, and 32% more only have uh, room for one vehicle in there. So lots of homes in the United States have two-car garages, but we can't put our cars in there. We're parking on the street because we've got stuff that won't fit in our house into our garage. Again, this is not, I'm not trying to criticize anybody for this. I'm, this is just an observation. And what does that mean? We just have a lot of stuff. A lot of us do. Um, a lot of physical stuff. In my house, we have lots of books. I, I love books. I've been a bookworm since I was a little girl, and I have many, 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 many books. Um, my husband's a musician, so we have lots of musical instruments and um, music and things like that. He also has lots of tools in his in his shop. So for us, those are some of the things that we sort of collect. Um, it's going to be different in different homes. But a lot of us have more stuff, probably more stuff than we need. And that's something Mike and I've been talking about a lot lately. Uh, the other category of clutter that I've been thinking about a lot is just the mental clutter. We have, uh, I think, too much stuff in our heads. Uh, part of that's a, a result of just too many inputs, too much information coming at us. You know, we're on a 24-hour news going on all the time. There's social media coming at us all the time. There, we're, we're so connected, so many different sources of information coming at us. And um, it, it clutters our minds. Uh, one writer said, and I'll put a link to this article because it was really good. This guy named Scott Eblen has written a book called Overworked and Overwhelmed, The Mindfulness Alternative, which is one that I think I'd like to read. And he wrote an article um, called Five Routines to Clear Mental Clutter. And he makes the point that our, and I'm quoting him here, he says, our constant metal, mental chatter puts us in a constant state of fight or flight. This leads to bad decision-making, which impacts our health and well-being. And I think that's really true when we are constantly being, uh, you know, facing a barrage of information and noise and sound and, and screens and stuff. 
we are less able to make uh, wise decisions because we're we're just in as as you know this he's saying here the state of fight or flight at all times. So what's the reason for this? And I'm going to talk about some of the impact of it, but why, what are the reasons for the clutter that we have, the physical clutter? Why do we keep so much stuff? This is something I've been asking myself a lot because, uh, you know, I host a podcast about productivity and this definitely impacts productivity. And we'll talk in a minute about some of the ways it does. Why do I have so much stuff? This is something... Um, that, that I'm focusing on, I guess, as I'm getting a little older and we think about maybe downsizing our home, what, what are we going to do with all this stuff? Why do we keep so much stuff? We, we keep things because we think we're going to need it someday. You know, we get a new, uh, I don't know, you know, new wooden spoon or a new, um, set of pans, but we keep the old ones just in case we need them. Or in, in our case, because maybe our, when our son who's finishing up college goes away, uh, to medical school, he might need the, our old set of pans. So we keep them in a box somewhere. We keep things because they have sentimental value. My husband says everything has sentimental value to me. And there may be some truth to that. Or we keep things because we spent money to get them and we don't want to waste money by by discarding that item, which I think is kind of ironic um, that if we're not using it anyway and we're spending still more money to maintain these things or store them, um, you know, the, the rationale there kind of doesn't hold up. And, and scientifically speaking, our brain just resists letting go of things that we have. Uh, I read this really interesting article of summarizing re- research that was done at Yale University. And it says that the researchers there identified that two areas in our brain associated with pain light up in response to letting go of items that we own and feel a connection towards. This is, um, the article says, this is the same area of the brain that lights up when you feel physical pain from a paper cut or drinking coffee that's too hot. So the brain, these researchers have found, seems to view the loss of one of our valued possessions as the same as something that causes us physical pain. So our brain um, wants to hang on to this stuff. Uh, and there's probably lots of reasons why and how, how our brains develop, why that is, but it makes it hard for us to get rid of the things that we own on the, the medic mental clutter side. We've talked a little bit about where that comes from, why it happens. So many inputs, so much noise in our 21st century life. Uh, it's hard to find or make time uh, for quiet and for peacefulness. And, um, and, and we fill up our schedule. So we're so busy, we try to, to multitask. So it, it kind of exacerbates the problem. Um, Francis Booth, who's the author of a book called The Distraction Trap, How to Focus in a Digital World, wrote in a Forbes.com article 
about how mental clutter may be sapping our productivity. And, and Francis says, a big problem with mental clutter stems from the fact that we often try and do more than one thing at once and don't fully complete tasks. So our attention is split across a number of open tasks we have on the go. And she warns, um, as sort of a side thing here, I thought it was interesting. She warns that um, this is a key reason not to check email first thing in the morning if you want to get work done on an important task that requires focus. Because if you look at email, part of your brain, and, and you don't deal with it all, part of your brain is sort of stuck there thinking about those emails that you got that you're going to need to respond to. And it's pulling your attention away from this um uh, you know, whatever this important project is. So there are really good reasons why um, things like email or, or those sorts of, of social media, things like that should be um, set aside until after you've put time in on those important tasks that you want to do. Um, so that's part of it, part of the mental clutter side of it. Another piece of, of mental clutter, it's not just the noise coming at us, but it's also that our brains are often cluttered with unproductive thoughts, uh, worry, um, anxiety, guilt. Those things clutter up our thinking and make it harder for us to uh, think clearly and make wise and productive choices. We talked about some of these things um, in the Mindset Matters mini-series that we did a few months ago. So episodes 108, uh, where we talked about productive attitudes, Uh, episode 112, where we talked about productive beliefs, and also the rest of the mini-series was um, uh, episode 114, Productive Habits, and episode 115, Productive Skills. And I'll put links to those in the show notes. If you haven't listened to the Mindset Matters mini-series, I, I think it's relevant to this conversation about our mental clutter. So those are some of the kinds of things um, that are cluttering up our life, the physical things and the mental things. What are the impacts of clutter? Um, besides, and, and now I'm talking kind of about the physical clutter, besides the expense, both in dollars and time of maintaining and storing all these physical possessions we own and the time lost looking for things uh, in the clutter, maybe the biggest um, negative impact of clutter is the cost to our productivity. Um, The physical clutter in our life, in our world, in our surroundings contributes to and exacerbates the mental clutter. It creates distraction. It makes it harder for us to focus on those uh, important projects that we have in uh, that we need or want to do that need our focus. Um, uh, there was a, a study done, and I'll, again, links in the show notes to all this stuff if you want to look into it more, where neuroscientists from Princeton discovered that the more stuff you have around you, the more each piece of stimulation competes for what they called neural representation, that is our attention, um, which results in decreased performance and increased stress. We, um, so, so ultimately what scientists are finding here is that clutter makes us distracted. It makes us unable to process information as well as we can in a more serene, um, organized, uncluttered environment. And, and, um, you know, that's just, um, 
it's just a scientific fact. These, this is what the scientists are finding as they're researching these things. Another article I read uh, talked about a team of researchers at UCLA who observed 32 families in Los Angeles and that found, and, and that study found that all of the mother's stress hormones spiked during the time they spent dealing with their belongings. Um, and, and the, these scientists say that similar to what multitasking does to our brain, which is cause us to flip back and forth and kind of divide our mental processing power, um, uh, Physical clutter, and I'm quoting from this article now, uh, it's an article called How Clutter Affects Your Brain and What You Can Do About It. Um, and the article says that this is what these scientists have found. Physical clutter overloads your senses, making you feel stressed and impairs your ability to think creatively. Um, so, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you know, Having lots of stuff around, um, and this, another article from entrepreneur.com talked about the, the idea that people have that, a a, a cluttered or a disorderly environment with lots of different things and different stimuli in it stimulates creativity, um, all the studies show that a decluttered workspace actually increases productivity. And this is in the workplace, but it's true at home as well. Um, this article says, quotes several studies that show that the average worker wastes close to one week a year searching for misplaced items. Okay. So that's, those are the facts. We may think we, we do better in a, you know, a full environment, but the science says otherwise. Some of the other effects of clutter from a psychology today article uh, called why mess causes stress. Um, there, there were a number of, of effects that come from clutter. It bombards our minds with excessive stimuli, whether it's visual, um, sm our smell senses, tactile, any of that. It causes our senses to work overtime on stimuli that aren't necessary or important. Uh, the article says clutter distracts us by drawing our attention away from what our focus should be on. It makes it more difficult to relax both physically and mentally. It constantly, that is clutter, constantly signals to our brains that our work is never done. It makes us anxious, according to um, these psychologists, because we're never sure what it's going to take to get through the, the stack to the bottom of the pile and get our work done. Uh, it creates feelings of guilt often. We, we sort of think, oh, I should be more organized or even, or embarrassment if people drop by our office or our, our home and it's cluttered and messy. Um, the, the psychology today, um, folks talk, uh, say that clutter inhibits creativity and productivity. And I'm quoting here by invading the open spaces that allow most people to think, brainstorm and problem solve. Um, and then of course we lose time looking for things we can't find when our space is cluttered. Um, so th those are the, th that's the science of it. Those are the, you know, the results of the studies that have been done, um, that clutter has a real downside. Now, 
A lot of people have sought to address these issues by adopting a more minimalistic lifestyle. And I, I'm not going to do a whole a big, long discussion about minimalism here, but I wanted to kind of throw it out there. I actually have some guests um, kind of on the, on the schedule for coming months to talk about this a little bit more. So what is minimalism? I just kind of wanted to touch on it a little bit. And there's a website called becomingminimalist.com that had a great um, kind of concise definition. This article says, in, in answer to the question, what is minimalism? says, at its core, minimalism is the intentional promotion of the things we most value and the removal of everything that distracts us from it. Uh, and they go on to say it's a life that forces intentionality. And I really like that. It's it's very appealing to me. And I don't think I'm ever going to, you know, go to uh, the far end of the spectrum where we read about people who have adopted minimalism and they've sold nearly or given away nearly everything they own and they they live in a tiny home or they, they live full time on a boat or in a motor home traveling around. Um, there, there's some appeal there. Uh, and I, I don't, I'm not sure I see myself, my husband and myself ever kind of going to that end of the spectrum, but there's a real appeal to sort of winnowing out the stuff and, and really thinking about what are the things that I, that I own that really are important to me. And can I clear out everything else so that I can really savor those things and enjoy those and not have to spend time cleaning or storing or moving around or dusting or whatever the, all the many things that are less valuable to me personally. Um, so even if you choose not to adopt minimalism to that degree, we still can make life better by addressing the physical clutter and the mental clutter by simplifying our, simplifying our life, um, by taking small steps, doing, you know, a less expansive, um, kind of, of simplification. Uh, there are lots of ways, things we can do to overcome clutter. We've discussed this before in episodes, uh, way back in episode 14 and 16, uh, and episode 37 and 83, and I'll probably go into it more in the future, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to go into a lot of depth here. I really just wanted to get us thinking about this idea of is clutter taking time that could, and energy and attention that could better be used um, on things that really matter to us. And so uh, just thinking about that now and, and the kinds of clutter that maybe we could take some steps to manage it. The physical clutter takes lots of forms for, for many of us, paper is a huge one. Um, you know, I'm a lawyer, I'm a real estate lawyer. We do, you know, every deal we do involves tons and tons of paper. And I'm really, really trying to get more and more, paperless and, and have fewer pieces of paper sitting on my desk or in file folders. Um, and, and so I'm not having to spend time managing it or storing it. Another form of clutter, uh, that a lot of us deal with our kids, toys or, or clothes, mementos, things that have, um, 
you know, sentimental value or, or have memories tied to them. We talked about that in episode 105. And I encourage you to go back and listen to that if, uh, if mementos are something that takes up a lot of space and time for you, or just knickknacks and things that we have around the house, some that we've picked up at, you know, various places or things that have been gifted to us. We can look around at those things and think about, all right, which of these really have value by winnowing it out and weeding out the ones that are are less important to us. It actually brings the ones that, that really are meaningful to us or that give us joy or that we think are beautiful. It gives them more prominence and we can enjoy them more. Uh, for a lot of us, uh, clutter, physical clutter can be found in our kitchen. Uh, Too many wooden spoons, too many sets of dishes, too many, you know, whatever. And our, so those are just some examples of the kind of physical clutter that could be uh, taking up our time. And our first instinct, I think, is always to find, when we decide we want to get a handle on it, we want to find ways to organize it. And that can help. I think a better option would be to weed it out first, to get you know, get rid of things to throw away the things that are that are broken or torn or damaged or or worthless, or find pe- uh, people who can use and enjoy some of the things that we don't use anymore. But if you've done that process, and again, we talked about that in some of those older episodes, and um, I'll have links to those in the show notes as well if you want to go back and and listen again. If you've done that process. And you want help in getting the things that you are keeping in better order. I I couldn't do better than to recommend to you uh, Lisa Woodruff's Organized 365 website and podcast. She's got a program for getting organized in 100 days. And she's got a, a ton of resources there. Lisa was a guest on a previous episode of the show. And I have great respect for her. Uh, as a, per, a professional organizer. So that that's such a good resource. I'll have a link to her website and her podcast in the show notes. The mental clutter that we've talked about, um, there are lots of little things that we can do to start to manage that and get a better handle on it. Simply learning to practice focusing on one project at a time without distractions, turning off our mobile devices, outside sounds and noises and, and not trying to multitask. That takes practice for most of us these days. We're used to doing lots of things all at once, but we can quiet the mental clutter, calm our minds and learn to focus better if just by practicing that, even if it's just for 10 minutes at a time, if there's a project that you really need to get work done, clear your desk off, turn off the screens, do all, you know, clear the deck, so to speak, and practice just focusing on that one project for that period of time. Uh, One writer, a woman named Tina Sue in a post on thinksimplenow.com called How to Organize Mental Mental Clutter shared her six-step solution to managing mental clutter that I thought was really useful. And uh, I'll give you a link to the show notes or or to her article in the show notes. But just briefly, her six steps are first to do a brain dump, uh, of just all the stuff that's in your head. We've talked about that sort of thing uh, frequently lately. Step two is to brainstorm life categories like work, personal well-being, household, personal projects, etc. Uh, step three is understanding each category, which is 
in her case, that's her process for kind of getting a handle on what is in each of those categories of your life, what's out there, what's on your mind. Step four, and I thought this was really good, is to budget time for each category. I thought this was really important, an important step, figuring out a weekly or daily budget for time you'll spend on each area of your life. Step five is doing, that is working your way through the list in each category and focusing only on what you're doing at that moment. And and then step six of her process is tracking it. What are your results from it? So that, that, that's just kind of one, one suggestion, one way of, of dealing with the mental clutter in our lives. We'll be talking more about the, this in uh, the weeks to come, and I would love to get your feedback on it, ideas of where you're struggling or what's working for you, things that you're doing, tools you're using, and approaches you're using to get a handle on all of this. The question really is, can we simplify our lives in this day and age? Um, it, you know, it's not about getting rid of everything, but simply making small changes to our space, to our thinking and to our habits to make our life more peaceful, more, uh, feeling more under control. There are a couple of things that I thought about. And again, we'll talk about all of this in, in weeks to come. Uh, the first one for me is a buying fast, a purchasing fast to ha- set a period of time that I'm just not going to buy anything else um, not, not going to spend my money, not going to spend time shopping, not bringing any more stuff into my home for a period of time. And you can do that for a week, for a month. Um, I've read, uh, articles about people who've, who've made a decision that for a, a year, they're not going to buy anything new other than just, you know, their weekly groceries. Uh, so that's something to consider as a, a step toward de- uh, simplifying your life. Scheduled decluttering, setting aside time to focus on an area of your home or your office to go through and declutter. Um, another thing maybe would be to have for a period of time, uh, commit to finding one thing in your home or your office each day to throw away or donate to charity. Another approach would be to choose one room or one corner of a room to get decluttered and tidied up and create in that a a place where you can get relief from the busyness and from the visual and noise, you know, auditory clutter, a place where you can go to relax and breathe. Maybe you can't do your whole home, but can you find one little corner of your home or one area of your office? I think a, a great way to help um, simplify our, and, and deal with the mental clutter and reduce that is to establish times where you're going to disconnect, um, unwire time, so to speak, no Facebook, no Instagram, no text messages, just allow our brains to be, uh, some time to be quiet. Um, Joshua Becker, uh, in on the uh, website on be, uh, becomingminimalist.com has said, and I thought this was really good, a steady flow of distractions from other people may make us feel important, needed, or wanted, but feeling important and accomplishing importance are completely different things. And I, that really made me pause and think, you know, we're so connected to our social media, uh, and, and we like that feeling that people want to talk to us and, or want to hear what I, what we say or see, you know, like our posts, but 
is that taking time that we could otherwise be actually accomplishing something of value. And finally, um, you know, just as a thought, simplify your schedule by being more thoughtful and intentional about what activities you undertake or that you sign your kids up for, or, you know, what you say yes to remembering that anytime we say yes to one thing, we're saying no to other things because time is finite. Energy is finite. Attention is finite. And if we can be very purposeful and intentional about what things we agree to do, what commitments we make, um, I think that's going to help us to simplify our lives and just give us, help us create some space to take a breath. So what are the benefits of more simplicity? Why should we do any of these things? Um, we've talked a little bit about some of this throughout the episode. It's going to save us money. We're not going to be paying, you know, if we're simplifying our space, having fewer belongings, fewer physical things in our space, we're not spending money to clean them or to store them or to repair them or those things. It saves time and energy that could, would otherwise be spent on those things. It's better for the environment. One of my concerns as Mike and I are slowly working our way through 38 years of accumulated stuff is what to do with all the things that we no longer need. I don't want to add to the landfills, so I'm really trying to be conscious of finding ways to either donate to charity or in some other way find people who can use some of the things we no longer need or want. Just last week, um, 20 years or more after I stopped homeschooling any of my kids, my kids are grown and gone for the most part. And several of them have kids of two of them have kids of their own. I finally now just last week found someone to give four or five boxes full of homeschooling textbooks and, and, uh, books about homeschooling that I'd used all those years ago with my kids. And I, we, carried them around from state to state because they had, you know, sentimental value. It was hard for me to give those things away. And I certainly wasn't going to throw them away, but I was delighted to find a homeschooling mom who really was, who needed those things. And so now they found a good, useful home and that's several boxes full of stuff we don't have in our home anymore. So that's a a value in finding other people who can enjoy and appreciate the things you no longer are using. Uh, It is better for the environment. And, you know, it's good for the soul to to help somebody else out. Uh, It makes space for calm and clarity. Decluttering your space, decluttering your mind allows both of those things. And there are health benefits. Uh, According to an article I read on lifehack.org, quoting Dr. Tracy Marks and several others, um, decluttering and simplifying our lives does a number of things. Measurably improved brain function that comes from spending less time in front of screens. Uh, We sleep better. Dr. Marks said in this article that being constantly plugged in and trying to complete too many tasks at once greatly increases stress levels. Difficulty sleeping is often one of the first signs that the mind and body are overstressed. And she reported in this article that children and adults who spend too much time trying to do many things at once often end up suffering from a lack of sleep as a result. So better sleep by simplifying our lives, better concentration and ability to produce things of greater value, increased creativity, uh, improved relationships, 
As one writer said, owning fewer possessions means spending less time managing them, so more time is available to spend with friends and family. And ultimately, decreased stress in our lives. All of those things contribute to better health. So those are just some things, some thoughts that I've had preliminarily as I'm thinking about this uh, as we're moving toward the end of the year and uh, the impact of clutter in my space, in my head, in our lives. Um, How can we make our lives simpler, calmer, more peaceful, and more productive uh, that we can enjoy the things we have Um, There's so many benefits from it, but I I would love to know what you think. Have you felt any of these effects of clutter that I've talked about in this episode that these experts are saying? What steps have you taken or will you take to get relief from some of those? I would really love to hear from you on this. How is clutter affecting your life? Do you think I'm overstating it? Is, um, is, you know, are you... do I think, do you think that I'm, I'm making too big a deal out of it? I, either way, I'd love to hear what you think. You can share your questions or, or thoughts in the comments section of the show notes, which again, you find at theproductivewoman.com slash 163, or you can post a comment or question on the Productive Woman Facebook page or in the community Facebook group if you're part of that. If you want to share your thoughts with me privately on this topic or any other for that matter, you can email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. And I would love to hear from you about that. Um, speaking of simplifying, if your email inbox is stressing you out, get some help. Um, there are a number of ways you can do that, but one of them that I recommend personally that it has been a huge help to me is our sponsor for this episode, SaneBox. Remember, you can use my exclusive link, sanebox.com slash TPW, and there will be a link that you can click on in the show notes to sign up for their free 14-day trial. And when you choose to subscribe after you've given it a a try, you'll get that $20 credit automatically applied to your account. So remember to visit sanebox.com slash TPW. And thank you so much to SaneBox for supporting The Productive Woman. That, my friends, is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. I am really so grateful to you for spending this time with me. I really would love to hear your thoughts on this topic, um, your ideas, your suggestions, what you're struggling with or what successes you've had. Be sure and, and you know, share those thoughts with me either in, in one of the ways that I've mentioned. I hope there was something in this episode that you found helpful. I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. The Productive Woman is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.